Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Kafaru Cast. I'm your host, Aaron Snyder. I've got my partner in crime across from me, Frank the Tank Peralta. What's up? And uh, we're still in the office space area doing the Kafaru Cast. We haven't moved yet. It's actually not going to be till December, which is when uh, video and audio will be up for the uh, for the podcast, as well as we'll have a, uh, a gear lab section, which we're looking forward to. But right now, we're still kind of in the closet like mushrooms. Um, so yeah, it's okay though. You're you're still in the closet. Uh, <laughs> I mean, kidding. I may have pulled the horse out of the barn, but I never got on top of it and rode it home. <laughs> I don't oh, even no. know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. Um, so anyway, today we were going to discuss a funny topic. Um, I've had a few people bring this up throughout this year um, during the different hunts we've been on, and then actually I was. Um, ordering some stuff from, uh, from Isaac and, uh, at, at Easton. And he brought up the same thing and said, you guys should do a p- podcast <clears throat> on all these social media excuses for missing or looning an animal or losing one, um, which we we're going to do anyway. So it worked out perfect. So now obviously keep in mind, you know, this is, this is funny. I don't want anybody to get butt hurt over this, um, this subject. Some of these things have happened to me. Some of them do do truly actually happen. Um, but in some cases it's actually people just have uh, suffer from loft and then blame it on equipment. Um, so Frank, why yes. don't you go ahead? What have you heard lately when someone misses, including yourself? <laughs> uh, the scope got bumped off. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? Actually, you names. Um, uh, no, actually, well, when I was in Idaho with uh, with Jordan, we went to uh, we uh, the day I left, we went coyote hunting in the morning, and uh, I think it was our second or third set. We called one in. I brought my Fox Pro down there, and um, I left the shooting. I was using uh, Jordan's AR. I left the shooting sticks at the truck. Well, this coyote came in, stopped at like a hundred yards, and I shot right over its head. I'm like, dude, your freaking scope's off, man. And he's like, no, I. I decided in that a couple days before you came, I'm like, uh, all right, I'll just shoot this patch of dirt and see, see if it's high or anything. And it was, I ended up getting coyote fever or something. So I, I missed, it was just an excuse I had, of course. Um, I missed the, the coyote because, uh, I must've jerked the trigger or something, but, um, the scope getting bumped off. I hear that a lot from rifle hunters. And, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm guilty of, of using that same excuse. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that is, with archery though, there can be a million and one excuses as far as I have a list that I found this morning actually <laughs> on Facebook. On Facebook? Yeah, you just go through and it's good reading. It's kind of <laughs> like people watching in Boulder. Oh God. Um, so there's a. I hit a branch. Uh, my, oh. my broadhead didn't open. I dropped my bow. Uh, my sight wasn't set correctly. Uh, I hit. My cameraman was in the way, and my elbow hit the camera. My cameraman pulled the blind window down, which alerted the animals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. I forgot to take my quiver off uh, was another one. My broadhead opened coming out of the bow uh, was another one. Knocked my arrow upside down was another one. Shot last night out to 80 and forgot to re to put my site back to 60 for a guy with a dial hope type site. That was just a few I found this morning. Um, it, yeah, I mean, all of these actually do happen. Um, 
my miracle excuse this year was for the mountain goat was updraft. Don't hear that one very often. Too much updraft. Uh, when I shot, there was more updraft and I, you know, I didn't know what to compensate for. So that's a new one. Um, now on rifle, you know, hunting or whatever, wind calls for long distance are generally why technology has helped us with a lot of other stuff. Technology will not ever, well, I doubt help you call the wind for long distance with archery. Again, like you said, there's so many different, you know, the, the animal spun, uh, right. You know, it heard my bow, it heard my fletches, who knows what, you know, whatever. I will say the, the, the broadhead thing. And I understand why people dislike mechanicals. I don't disagree with the fact that a, a mechanical head is not going to be as, as foolproof as a fixed blade head. A fixed blade for the most part is going to out penetrate most mechanicals, if not all mechanicals, um, or most, most fixed blades are going to out penetrate mechanicals as a, uh, on a whole. Uh, I will say though, in all of my time shooting mechanicals, which is back way back in the day with rocket, we had a Wolverine, um, uh, was the one that I shot little blades. They had a steel head, um, not the best quality in the world, but that was the, the first mechanical that I personally had used. I've been shooting them. So since that's 2002, I think three, um, something like that going out of the memory bank. I've only had one not open. Um, and that was, uh, a grim reaper. We talked about that yesterday. Um, at a, at a cow elk, uh, I had shot a list B cow hit it and, uh, ran out I shot it super close, hit it and it ran out to 40. It just stood there. I couldn't see blood coming out of it. Um, I put a Wacom exit through it um, at 40 through its heart. I got up to it. Um, I aim low a lot, just the way that I shoot, um, the, the way my thought process and methodology works when an animal comes in. If, um, you know, the animal's 38 or whatever, I just put my 40 on its heart generally. Um, anyway, there was two holes in it. One was a four-blade Wacom exit fixed blade, and the other one was a basically something looked like a field point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Didn't open. Um I have seen on, uh, you know, I shot three deer with three mechanicals, none of them open. So you're the unlucky, you are the unluckiest man alive, basically, is, is what you're saying. Um, when I see that, mm -hmm. it's possible. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I'm I'm just saying I've, I mean, I don't know, 150 animals. I, I don't know how many I've shot with mechanicals, a pile, um, and had great luck with them. Uh, again, they, they the blades aren't as strong. There's a lot of downsides to them, and I can understand why people hate them. I'm lucky, so I get a lot of you know kinetic energy or momentum with my setup. It's not as big of a deal. Uh, but man, I think a lot of that is just piss poor shot placement. Um, you know, when you hit an animal and you don't find it, um, and, you know, and they say I don't think my my broadhead opened. I think a lot of times it's shot placement. It doesn't have anything to do with the arrow or the broadhead. Um, you know, this is archery wise. Um, you know, I've, I've definitely seen, been on hunts. Um, prime example, a few years ago, I was on a mule deer hunt. Um, I was shooting Wacom exits. Um, I was shooting in Athens, something I can't remember bow. Um, I should remember the name of it. It's one of my favorite bows, 80 pounds and shot a, a mule deer in the heart with an exit, blew it apart. Later that day, I'm with a guy that I'm hunting with and he's shooting, um, relatively inexperienced hunter and uh you know read the you know chuck adams was uh, a <laughs> axe through an animal right rage in the cage uh 
was promoting Rage, you know, at that time. I don't know if he still is. And I'm sure Rage are great broadheads. He read the package, um, screwed him on his 356 grain arrow. He was shooting at 62 pounds uh, at a 27 inch draw length. And I should have paid more attention. Uh, we went out and got on a cranker mule deer and I'm right behind him. He takes the shot. What it looked like is the, it, it, it's a forward deploying blade on a rage. Um, again, nothing against rage. It's just this specific incident. It opened vertical on the rib. It looked like the rib, this happened fast, but the rib pushed in and the arrow bounced out of the animal. Now I saw this with my own eyes, watched the deer, had a little speck on it, ran off. Didn't really even know what happened. Um, again, if he was shooting 70 pounds with a 480 grain arrow, would have zipped through that rib, rib bone. But with not having any kinetic energy, any momentum, um, and a forward deploying broadhead, what, I mean, wham, hit it. Well, immediately, he didn't know what happened exactly. So he thought he had hit it, but he wasn't sure. And if I wasn't there watching, obviously, I was paying a lot more attention. He, I, I mean, he could have very easily said, um, uh, you know, shot placement. He could have said, I don't know. You know, who knows what could have came out uh, from that. 100% the, the broadhead bounced back out with a fixed blade. That wouldn't have happened. Cut on contact, it would have zipped through. Um, the branch. uh and, and I got to say, one of my best friends, lifelong friends, Jeremy Troxel, <laughs> he hits more branches in the beginning than who'd have thought it, right? Like the first three elk he shot, I remember him saying, I remember in my mind, I'm like, man, you hit a lot of branches. He was like, he, he missed a couple and, and I, I've thrown in the branch excuse myself from time to time, right? Like I'm like, man, I was going right forward. I nicked a branch. Couldn't believe it. Just didn't see it. Um, so, and Jeremy, he doesn't do that now, but at first, and maybe he was hitting branches, but I was laughing. I'm like, dude, you have the worst luck with branches. Those things just follow you. Um, and then, uh, I mean, the, the miss setting site that happened to Brian this year, um, on the Montana hunt where the elk was coming in and it was at 64 and I, I ranged it and then it came to 60 and I saw him touch the site, but he didn't move it to 60. And, uh, he misset his sight, and at first I couldn't figure out why he shot so high. But then we figured real quick it was, and, and he got some funny memes and jokes. Sent. <laughs> Brian Broderick sent one that said, "My my release wouldn't go off. The sun was in my eyes. Aaron misranged it. Whatever's like a list of them." Um, I feel like that one probably happens to a lot of people that shoot a single pin. Oh um, lordy, yeah. I mean, I I've done that uh, at the total archery thing when we were shooting super far. Generally, I shoot a a seven pin like you, so I don't have to worry about dialing, but I think we just shot, it was when I went with Luke, we shot the moose for like 110. So I dialed for that. And then they had like a, a 40 yard, um, white tail target right after. And I shot like three feet over its back <laughs> and they wouldn't let me shoot it again, of course. Oh, well that's cause it's, it's, that's gladiators like to feast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, two really good friend, uh, sorry, I'm moving my head around two really good friends of mine in uh wisconsin john patterson and uh, uh jerry goats and john patterson jerry is a, a friend of mine but his son and i were in the army together uh jason goats but um uh, jerry and john are two of the funniest guys i've ever met in my life i mean they're just hilarious dudes and jerry's got a growly ass voice sounds like chewbacca right that's who i hunted with in wisconsin uh when we shot all this deer like in late season everything up uh, late season and everything. But anyway, uh, John, I told him to do not shoot a single pin for elk hunting. And, and he did anyway. 
Um, and, uh, he shot, I think it was an HHA optimizer. That was like the thing to have back in the day and called in a bull, uh, to 40. He had it set at 20 shot over its back or no, no, no. Yeah. And then called the bull back in. He'd moved the site to 40, called it into 20 and he <laughs> shot over its back. So he shot under it the first time over the second time that came off his bow re really quickly after that. Um, and I mean, John killed a hell of a bull that year. So did Jerry. Um, in fact, Jerry shot like the first day out, just a cranker. Like, I don't know. I mean, for the unit they're in over the counter, um, uh, like a three, I think it was a 327, uh, bull. You've seen pictures of it. And yeah. then John shot like right at a 300 inch bull. And, and John, while we're telling stories here, uh, that bull came in with John and, uh, Keep in mind, John had missed a few, um, had really close calls, just one of those ups and down emotional hunts. And I literally had been cold calling forever. And I'm like, man, I think we piss pounded this spot too much. Let's bounce. And I looked up and holy, there's a six point coming. I'm like, get ready, draw your bow, bro, draw your bow. And it comes in and I'm right beside him and I'm ranging it and it got to 32 and, uh, he smoked it, hit it with a ram cat and he actually hit it in the, with a liver in the liver and it ran off. And, um, I think that was the night I was, uh, I borrowed cause I had, a like a little day pack from Kafaru on and Jerry, this is Jerry's humor. I borrowed, he had a Sitka Bivy 45 and we loaded that thing up. I mean, dude, there must've been 220 pounds of meat in that thing. <laughs> I mean, cause I felt bad. Those guys aren't, you know, low altitude, weren't used to it. Yeah. And, uh, Dude, I'm almost to the truck and the shoulder strap rips off and it flips me crooked. <laughs> and then the other one rips off and flips me right on my back and my legs are in the air and Jerry walks up and he, he's got my, like a day stalker with about 15 pounds in it. He looks at me, he's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? We got to get, we got work to do. Get off your back. Lazy bastard. He starts making fun of me. I'm like, dude, I ripped your pack apart. I'm sorry, bro. And, uh. But yeah, those guys, um, that was a good, good trip. No, no missing other than what I'd already talked about the, the miss setting site. Um, but I, I do, uh, I do definitely think that a lot of people may not, um, well, you talked about the other day, Frank, your first experience bow hunting, what yeah. happened? Yeah. I, uh, I didn't, I literally knew nothing about archery. I got a bow from a gun shop. I had this gift certificate they ordered me a psc stinger like the full complete kit from cabela's came with arrows a sight and um arrest and i somewhat i mean i sighted into the best of my ability <laughs> back then it was like a three pin sight and i got some i got some rage broadheads well i never i never knew you had to you had to uh tune your broadheads or shoot your broadheads so so i I shot at this bug. It was like 20 yards and I shot over its back by like a foot. Um, and I never really knew why, but I mean, I, I guess that's an excuse, but I, I'm just going to say I was stupid. Uh, and I didn't really do enough research into archery. I was, I was super green to, to archery and didn't know much about it. So, um, Oh, same, it's, it's not like we all walk into it knowing what we're doing. I remember I, I didn't know what I was doing. So I, that's one of the reasons I shot. Oh, I mean, the good Lord put mechanicals on this earth for people that don't know how to tune. Let's face <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, that's the only reason why they're here. Um, I mean, there is some very, very good reasons for mechanicals now, but initially, I mean, it's, so you didn't have to tune a bow really, um, and wind drift, some other things, but same deal. I think I put on a, a Rocky mountain ultimate 
uh, Rocky Mountain titanium, three blade, fi three, fi three blade, fixed blade head, shooting a PSE Carrera with 22 19s at 74 pounds. I think I went through three sets of limbs on that thing. Um, dude, I missed the target the first time I shot a broadhead and I'm like, huh, what's <laughs> going on? I, I no idea what I'm doing. Um, obviously I learned how to tune and then, uh, I, I mean, but truly, I mean, and you, you see all the people that I see shooting, um, you know, it's, 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 nobody can know everything from the start. And so a lot of those guys, archery wise, um, you know, just throw on a broadhead and head out. Now gun wise, it's a little bit easier. Um, you know, in the sense of, you know, you shoot your gun, it doesn't, you know, you're shooting your gun. You're not, it's not like you have to screw something else on. Yeah. Uh, if you're shooting a 180 grain bullet, you know, and you're sighting in with it, that's it. You don't have anything else going on. So you don't, don't have as much happen. Yeah. Something um, I screwed up last year, which definitely isn't an excuse. I completely screwed up. I'm terrible at following instructions. No. I, yeah. So I just, I'd gotten this, uh, LaRue, um, LT 104 scope mount for my AR and you're supposed to use Loctite on the bolts. And if you don't, then it's going to come loose. And I didn't do that. So I got it sighted in and stuff. Um, and it was, it, it was nice and tight and it felt snug. I shot a coyote early in the morning. I was with my buddy, Zach. We went to a different spot, um, kind of on this river bottom. And we called in like a pack of like four or five coyotes. This is the first time I ever called that many coyotes in at one time. And they were just standing there and this was a, it was a river bottom. So it was Did a place. Did you jerk dirty? Oh, I jerked dirty. <laughs> <clears throat> so <laughs> this is a place where there's a lot of duck hunters and shit going on. So there's, you know, the, the coyotes are kind of used to hearing gunshots. So I, um, for whatever reason, Zach didn't shoot. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm just going to lay down some lead. I got this AR and I start shooting and the, the flipping coyotes, they're just standing there looking around. I'm like, what the hell, dude? Do you see where my bullets are hitting? Uh, so I swear I squeezed off like 10 rounds in two seconds. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Well, my scope was completely rattling in the rings. Uh, and I screwed that up for both of us. I don't think we killed any of those coyotes. So um, not an excuse. It was just me being stupid uh, and not following the instructions. So I kind of screwed that up for both of us. Frank does have a semi-auditory listening issue. <laughs> well, that I don't know what the problem was with that. I didn't even, I read the instructions. I just didn't follow them. <laughs> oh lord i'm trying to think as we're talking about you know missing or whatever some of the the dumb uh stuff i've done well i'll give you an idea um uh, back in the day i had uh, a hoyt striker 2 uh for my hunting 3d bow and then i had a uh a viper this i think this was in man 01 maybe um and then i had an aspen which was like a super smooth long um, like a long axle to axle bow. And I shot it so well for indoors. I was like, huh, you know, for, I, I should just put 80 pound limbs on this thing and hunt with it, you know? And this was, um, back then 320 was cranking fast, right? Like 320 was the top three. I think a PSD Carrera was 330, which in actuality, they lied quite a bit. It was more like 320, uh, Hoyt Viper, uh, was smoking out there at same thing about 330 but that aspen at 80 pounds when you would draw it uh it would flex the cable guard and the riser so much my arrow would hit the bus cable when it was coming out the veins would uh because the riser was so long it just couldn't handle the limbs and like it you know me being me i used to um 
shim the limb pockets out to change the deflection in the riser to get more poundage. Mm. And I would cut plastic tackle box shims and put them in the risers. <laughs> so I, I was probably cranking like 92 pounds out of this thing. Uh, it wasn't Hoyt's fault. But for the life of me, I could not get that bow to, to tune. And, you know, again, inexperienced, knowing just enough to get yourself in trouble, I could make the bow heavier poundage, but God forbid I learned how to tune it. And so, again, Rocket Ultimate Steel fixed that problem, and I was able to kind of sort of be able to hit something with it at the time. Um, later on down the road, I actually ended up learning how to tune a bow. It's a little bit different. Uh, so how many... Now, I know what happened with yours. We talked about it yesterday. You hit it, had to hit a cow like five times because the broadheads weren't opening. Um, how it many guys... like a Native American kill site or something like that. It looked like a pincushion. I, I feel terrible about, but... Um, I can legitimately say that those broadheads didn't open because I actually killed the elk and went up to it and none of them were. I think one of them had opened out of those, whatever it was, four or five. Sounds terrible, but. I, well, I remember I was on a goat hunt with John Pinch and uh, and Ben and you were you messaged me and you didn't know they were opening at the time. You just said where you'd hit it and it didn't sound correct. And you were like, okay, I'm going to use my tracking skills my Native um, American tracking skills. <laughs> and then you messaged me back and you were like, well, I can see it. And I'm like, dude, just go kill that thing if it's bedded. And then you sent me a photo. It had like five arrows in it. And none of those broad, I was like, you sent me photos. I'm like, dude, none of those broadheads opened. That's like, you know. Yeah, it was pretty sad. That was kind of funny because, well, not that situation, but it was funny that I texted you. I'm like, hey, I shot a cow. I'm going to use my Native American tracking skills to go find it. And then you didn't hear from me for like an hour and a half. And then I sent you a picture of it bedded down, and I said, I'm going to go kill this bitch or something stupid. Yeah, it, and, was, uh, it was bad. Um, yeah, and then it ended up being a lot of arrows in that elk, sadly, um, which is sad to say. But, um, yeah, they just they just didn't open. So, But like I was saying, from what I've heard at the archery shop, they've kind of fixed that issue with those fatal steals. I can't say for sure. I haven't tried them since. I, I'm trying to think of all the dumb things I've done. I had a, a, a buddy of mine, Matt, call in like a – a cranker bull um opening day and uh you know like a ding dong shooting too much weight i don't know how much it had to do with it but had a, a five point and a six point in front of me several cows they were still in the like a summer feeding powder deal they hadn't split up yet they were in big groups and uh, he just did some soft cow calls and this big one came in went to full draw i'm like dude you are going to die and he he didn't die. Uh, misjudged <laughs> it, shot him for 30, 32. He was 24, 6. He ducked because I had to take a step back around this aspen tree. And uh, I let her rip, tater chip, and uh, <laughs> he ducked down so low, so fast. When he came back up, he actually broke the knock off of my arrow. Wow. And it kind of flipped in the back. And, uh, I mean, excuses, loft. I mean, that's all on me, right? Like... Broadheads were tuned, didn't hit anything. I just flat out misjudged the yardage by a bit. And then he muscled up pretty heavy. Uh, you know, that close coming in, he saw, this is back when I first started wearing Optifade. He saw a fat Optifade blob take a step back. And I was in Aspen, so I think it startled him because I looked like an Aspen tree. And uh, he freaked out. And, man, he did the full-on Keanu Reeves, <laughs> Mr. Anderson matrix. And, I mean, dude, that bull, I mean, we watched him because he ran up on the hill and bugled his butt off. I mean, that bull was a legit 360, 370 bull. Oh and, uh, you know, you look at back at crap like that, you know, nobody ever talks about the misses. That one was a heartbreaker. Um, and, I, I mean, what do you do, right? Um, 
my long range shooting experience with, which I've told on probably five different podcasts with Avery, had this just giant, just cockwalloper mule deer snowing, just the picture perfect rut type of a hunt. Of course, long range shooting is not for me. Um, <laughs> dialer in and and uh, it was not operating the turrets correctly. Yeah, you and, tried to you tried to zero your windage, right? Oh, dude. So I walk <laughs> out of the tent, right, and uh, they're like, "Hey, make sure and zero out the windage and elevation." And I didn't even really think about it. And I've got the, you know, I mean, probably the worst thing in the hunting world right now for me is the guys whoever saying, "Here, take this rangefinder and we'll dial your gun in." And you can shoot out to 1,200 yards effectively. Yeah, that's a crock of shit. Um, <laughs> that's a good way to wound a lot of animals. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much what I did, though. So it's all on me. Grab the gun. Grab the G7. Click, click. Hey, put on, what, 22 clicks to this thing, whatever the hell it was. So I crank, 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 righty-tighty, zero it out. Start dialing in my elevation. Everything's perfect, right? I've got a dip in. The deer's over there sniffing does snow's falling around me and i start cranking on the elevation uh or the windage like it's money just crank 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 and i stop and pull my hand off it and i'm like man that doesn't make any sense what the hell are they talking about zero out there windage if i go all the way down how am i gonna go both ways <laughs> shit so i texted and uh avery says man the windage is the windage and i'm like yeah you don't understand, dude. Where did it start? He's like, hell, I don't know where it started. I just sighted it in, and there was a mark there, and there was. But now I'm like, did I go one crank, two cranks, or three full cranks? So I took a guess, not the most ethical thing in the world. Took a shot. None of the deer even moved. Didn't even look. Cranked again, took another shot. Nothing. Cranked some more, trying to guess. Finally, I'm like, okay, I'm going to end up shooting a doe or something in the, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. something in the ass, so I better stop. Uh, it ended up being like 12 feet off at that distance or nine feet or something ridiculous by the time it was all said and done. You know, ignorance and inexperience, um, not good. So I missed from my poor little pea brain not having the knowledge and the, um, uh, you know, basically experience to even be taking a shot like that, which totally on me. That's funny. Ha yeah. ha. Yeah. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a uh, excuses are just there to make you feel better, but that's about it. Um, I think what we're getting at is just, uh, just to be honest about when you screw up and not making, making excuses. Certainly for, don't blame manufacturers. I yeah. think that's where Isaac was coming from was, I mean, truly things do fail. There is issues. Um, but, uh, for the most part, um, it's the person, including me. I mean, it's not like I'm saying, oh, yeah, I'm perfect. I mean, I miss stuff, too. And uh, I went through the whole don't know how to tune, went through in-proper arrow spine, tried the long-distance shooting thing, pretty much everything there. Um, so, yeah, you know, just kind of own it if you can and then make fun of each other for it later. Um, yeah, it always ends up being pretty funny later on anyway. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. And, I, you know, I've seen, man, I couldn't believe how many uh, – up in the territories, how many um, animals were getting shot all over the place, the clients with really nice guns that just flat out, um, I mean, just piss poor shots close up. And the ballistic turrets, man, I didn't I didn't find one guy or outfitter that's a fan of a ballistic turret uh, just for the amount of stuff they see, you know, wounded or, or missed or whatever from trying to 
shoot things a little further away than maybe people should. Um, yeah, I'm sure guides hear more excuses than anybody. Oh Lord. Yeah, it's bad. Um, but yeah, kind of a short one today. Uh, Isaac brought that up this morning. We were talking to him, so we figured probably talk a little bit about, um, uh, some of the, well, he wanted us to name it the social media list of missing and wounding animals. Um, I don't think we should probably name it that. I'll probably get in trouble. Um, and please, nobody hate us for talking about this. All of these things have happened to us just as well as everyone else. Yeah. Nobody's um, perfect. No, no, nobody's perfect. Unless you're on social media. Yes. Just and kidding. if you live in your mom's basement, you're, you're just perfect. I believe um, we may have the thing song on uh, for Kafaru Cast as I'm so much cooler online by Brad Paisley. <laughs> for those of you listening. So, All right. Well, we're probably going to hit actually get some real work done and then we'll probably hit another podcast uh but you guys don't be afraid to email email us with suggestions for podcasts as well as questions um the uh it's aaron a-r-o-n at kafaro.net or frank f-r-a-n-k at kafaro.net um as well as we're gonna have some new products we're gonna be talking about soon um nothing um imminent but pretty close um I, I would guess you know in the next couple of weeks we're gonna to be able to talk about a few different products that uh, we'll have out for 2018 that we're excited about so it's definitely stay tuned for that as well yeah thank you for listening and definitely drop us a uh a review on itunes if or podbean stitcher all those all those uh podcast things <laughs> yeah leave us a review only a good one though no bad good ones, ones only <laughs> all right uh everybody take it easy we'll see you